0: Welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Altar Talk with your host Emma Ruzscheck. But first, a song you can only find on Atlanta Mix 108. Ready for your love by Sequel and Ashoy Colazo. Ready for your
1: love.
2: Stop pitching, and though I think about it, yeah, it got me tripping. And now I'm having visions of you and me forever. They say it's locked down, I say it makes me better. My boo gon' love this, homies gon' think it's cheesy. But I'm still in the hood, and I'm still talking reason. I just found something real, someone that I could chill. Without no problems, no drama, someone I really feel. What was this man without you? See, you became my world. You sexy lady, drop me. Crazy you my favorite girl No more wallin' with the homies and hanging in the clubs Cause God sent me an angel Yeah sent from ready above for your love. Don't wanna waste your
1: time
2: I wanted to keep you when you sat down in the seat No matter fact, it was when I saw you walking in the street I told my dude, look at that girl, ain't she a beauty? On my side, all with no other way. Love was in the air, cause it was Valentine's Day. Like where you been all my life when I was in the slums. I want you to be the one I'm ready for I'm ready your, your for love, your girl. Love. Don't wanna waste
1: your time, it's you,
0: with Ed. I'm going to have you tell lovely people your last name and I do apologize for the dog barking in the background. You'll understand a little bit here in just a second why she's in the studio today.
3: Hey, good afternoon. My last name is Ehlers, pronounced with a long A sound, but just call me Ed.
0: Just Ed. Okay, I can do that. Now we're talking about a very special, uh, subject today that you wrote a book on. It's about animals, dogs, cats that have to be rehomed.
3: I did. I, uh, I'm a first time children's book author. And, uh, this is a true story. It really happened. And, uh, it was such an interesting story. I couldn't make it up and felt I needed to write it down.
0: Isn't that always the best thing?
3: It, I find it is, and hopefully your listeners will too.
0: Now, your story involves a Australian she- sheepdog or shepherd.
3: It involves two Australian shepherds, Max and Tucker, And they are six-year-old brothers. They've barely been separated a day in their life. They sleep together. They share each other's food. And they even kiss each other, lick each other on the, the face and eyes and ears.
0: Now, I can see that. See, my Australian sheepdog is also my service dog. She is also a rescue animal that I got at our local ASPCA. And then had her trained to be a service animal, and that's who's in the studio today. So she, you hear a barking, that's who it is.
3: And what's her name?
0: Her name is Darby.
3: Darby, what a cute name. Darby. Uh, yeah. Well, you may hear Max and Tucker too. They're they're here with me today as well. So.
0: I tend not to let her come on air very often, but since we're talking about her kin, in a way, I figured it would only be fitting if she joined us today.
3: Well, uh, It's really cool. I wish we could uh, see one another, uh, or at least the doggies <laughs> could do their little sniff routine. <laughs>
0: yes, but that's enough about Darby. Let's talk about your wonderful book. And how it came to be,
3: so we live in Virginia, not far from the woods, and we like to go out swimming in the river and exploring the woods. and we find all car- all sorts of cool artifacts, uh, whiskey bottle from the Civil War, Native American stone tool implements, turkey feathers all sorts of cool stuff. But this one time we found two little puppies that somebody had abandoned in the woods, just left them out there. We were driving down the road and Tucker actually caught sight of these two little puppies and he started whimpering and barking. And so I slowed down and I realized that they're on this dirt road in this isolated stretch of the woods There were two little puppies. So I slowed down, got out, and the little black one, she ran up to me right away. The little white one wanted nothing to do with me. She growled, she kept her distance, and whenever I got close, she would run off. So this book tells how Max and Tucker herded this little puppy how we are able to finally catch her, then foster her and her sister, and then eventually find a forever home for these two little puppies. And since this happened on Easter Sunday, we decided to name the little white one Lily for Easter Lily, and Lucy was just... It went well with Lily, and it matched the little black one's personality. She's just very precocious. Mm. and It just it just did. <laughs> so um, one of the people in the book, Uncle Peter, he was a close friend of ours, and he had helped foster the puppies. And he actually was the one that found the forever home. Well, this was April of 2015, and – Peter fostered the puppies in May and June, found the forever home in June. And then in July of 2015, Peter passed away. It was was very, very sad. And he had a long history of volunteering with Lost Dog and Cat Rescue Foundation, which is a local no-kill shelter here in Virginia. And I decided... That is a fitting uh, memory or testament to Peter. I would write up the book, write up the story. A friend of ours, whom we've known since she was seven years old, eight years old, she did the illustrations. She's now a student at Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, She was entering her freshman year when she did the illustrations for the book. And we formed a partnership with Lost Dog and Cat Rescue Foundation so that we donate proceeds of the sale of the book to them to help other now, dogs that are in need of rescue.
0: That is a noble and fitting tribute to your friend and also helps so many lives.
3: Well, we like to think so. We, uh, um, we go to schools and libraries and we talk to people about rehoming pets versus rejecting them. So many people take on pets or animals and, and they may not understand the magnitude of what's involved or they receive them as gifts or, or however they come about them. And they, they realize this is tougher than I, I, I wanted. So they're not sure what to do with them. And unfortunately, Some folks will just abandon them, either in the streets or the woods or somewhere. But there are other options. There's local no-kill shelters like Lost Dog and Cat Rescue Foundation. There's um, Craigslist. There is um, other types of municipal or local shelters that your county or your city may provide. There is always something that can be done to help out an animal versus just abandoning them.
0: In addition to that, Facebook does a lot of homing if you go through different groups, I've noticed. And also, talk to your friends and family first, because this is an animal that's bonded to you. It may adjust better with a relative it already knows. That's a great point doesn't always work out that way, but it does help
3: it's actually a great point there's a your a person's circle of influence or circle of friends is rather large and could be as simple as a Facebook post or an email that uh will find a home for an animal that you can't take care of for whatever reason
0: i I know we're talking about dogs and cats right now, but I just rehomed my chickens not too long ago. <laughs> you, know, you had chickens? I know chickens. I had to move, and where I was moving to, I couldn't take them with me. I'm not, these are chickens. Most people say, well, just kill them and eat them. I'm appalled by that. These are pets. These are my babies. These are pets that I took to shows and. To show off. These aren't animals that I raised to, for meat, and I end up rehoming them through a relative of one of my friends.
3: How many chickens did you have?
0: I had at the time sixteen.
3: That's quite the brood of chickens.
0: Yeah, I went up to at thirty six at one point.
3: I, I presume. For eggs, you used eggs no. for them as well.
0: No, I gave. I end up giving eggs away, but I just had them because one was a therapy chicken. Everyone thinks therapy animals are cats and dogs. I had a therapy chicken.
3: <laughs>
0: I'm the <Wow>. apple. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I can't say that I know of anybody else that has had a therapy chicken. Now, Max and Tucker are actually registered therapy dogs as, as well, but I haven't run into a therapy chicken.
0: Yeah. It's very rare, but it does help. Chickens are a breed of their own, literally. But my service dog, Darby, was also the mother of all the chickens. She would herd the chickens, she would sleep with the chickens, she would lick the chickens. That's cool. So, they were her babies in a way.
3: Well, I'm sorry you had to move and you had to give up your chickens.
0: Eventually, I'll get chickens again. But they're good. in a good place.
3: Any they were any particular breed? breed or...
0: I had Polish. I had Silkies. I had dots. I had a, a Guinea uh, hens. So I I was all over the place with with different types of chickens, but they were my babies. But I rehomed them rather than just let them, A, go loose because we're on the farm and they could have done that, or B, the alternative was to kill them, and I couldn't see myself doing either.
3: Well, animals, whether it's dogs or cats or chickens or snakes or or alligators or... Whatever you happen to have as a pet, they become very dependent on you, and uh, it just takes a little bit of effort to find a new home for that animal. So, um, I'm glad that you were able to rehome them. Yes,
0: see, my daughter's therapy cat is a rescue, my service dog. That Darby is a rescue, and the service dog I had before her was also a rescue. I'm really big on rescue animals versus getting one from a pet store or something like that.
3: Well, there are millions of animals out there in need. Um, Nobody knows the statistics. Nobody knows really how many there are. There's guesses. There's approximations based on how many pets or how many animals enter shelters. But at the end of the day, if somebody's dumping animals in the woods, nobody's counting them. They don't know. Um and it's really hard to get a census of how many cats are wandering around a particular city, so the the problem is large um and it we can help as pet owners by one being responsible if we can no longer be pet owners and doing the right mm-hmm. thing by our pets
0: Exactly. Okay.
3: Another great way to help is your local uh, no-kill shelters and organizations. There are hundreds of them around. Uh, many of them are regional, like Lost Dog and Cat Rescue Foundation, uh, and they're looking for volunteers, either for transport or uh, foster homes uh, or sometimes just donations and uh Nice thing about Lily and Lucy, the book uh, you get a nice story, and plus you help out the cause
0: see that's always the wonderful thing. You get two wonderful gifts in one when you're getting an- I, a
3: receiving or i I happen to think it's wonderful. It's my new favorite children's book. <laughs>
0: Now, do you have uh, plans to write any more children's books?
3: I am actually in the throes of producing a second edition of Lily and Lucy. Uh, And I have a second book that I am neck deep in that uh, we're in the final revisions, and I'm trying to get it published this month. That book is called "Deer O oh Deer: A Max and Tucker Adventure." This is the true story of how Max and Tucker helped rescue a deer that was stranded on Pope's Head Creek in Fairfax, Virginia. Now you may say, how do these dogs get in these situations all the time?
0: Well, I was just thinking that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we go to the woods a lot. Max and Tucker love to run. They love to swim. They love to chase and play with the, the animals in the woods. And so we had had a lot of heavy rains uh, last year. We've had a lot of heavy rains this year, but uh, this happened last year. On a weekend, uh, I think it was a Saturday, after the rains had stopped, we headed out to the woods. And you know that rivers and creeks become swollen. They overflow. And so the waters were high. We were playing down by the creek, and Tucker stopped. Tucker heard it first. He's, He's... He's keen about these things. And he was staring across this creek at this big tree. And then I heard this noise. It was kind of like a a snorting, snuffling, grunting kind of a noise. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever seen a tree that's along a creek or a river where the dirt has eroded away from the roots and the roots are exposed... It looks like a tangled mass of yarn or string, right?
0: Yes. And this,
3: this deer, I'm guessing, because the high waters, she had been washed down the creek, and she got caught up on these roots. And her back leg was trapped between two roots. She couldn't pull it out. The only way for her to get it out was if her leg would be made uh, perpendicular and pulled straight up. Well, I'm standing on this side of the creek wondering, what am I going to do? I've got this deer stuck on this tree. And Max takes off upriver, away from the deer, and he finds a low spot to cross, And he jumps across the the river so i follow him up the river and i'm able to get on the other side of the creek and i tie the i tie the puppies up the dogs max and tucker uh, to a tree because i don't want them approaching the deer and, and scaring her even more than she is and i'm not sure what to do because even a deer can be dangerous they have sharp hooves and if you don't approach them the right way, you can get cut or uh, scratched severely a sharp hose. I'm sorry? Severely hurt. Yes, she could. Uh, dear. So <clears throat> Max had pulled off his leash and he ran around some bushes and brush to the backside of the tree because... her back leg was trapped, so she couldn't move it. So I could safely approach her from the back, which I did. And then I was able to get underneath her and lift her up and free her leg from the root and then move her onto the bank and set her down. And Max and Tucker just laid down next to me about... 20 yards away from the deer and we sat and waited and they watched over her for about 30 minutes until she got up and walked away. And then Max went back to the river to go play and Tucker found a mud puddle to lay in. But, uh, we're, we're believing that uh, she made it back to her family and, uh, she's doing okay out there in the woods. That is a wonderful story.
0: Here's the thing. Darby has a pet bear. Pet bear? Pet deer. What kind of... Oh, deer. Yeah. She has a deer that she adopted. This is a wild animal. This is not something I adopted. I'm making that very clear. But she has to check on this deer every morning. And then every evening, they get to get Get together and they play a little bit, but every morning she has to go out at 6 a.m. and make sure her deer is okay.
3: That's very cool.
0: <laughs> so, your your puppies and mine have a lot in common
3: in a way it of. It sounds animals. like it.
0: <laughs> but I think this has to do with the breed and partly and partly as in animals are highly compassionate to other animals that are in need?
3: I think that's very true. I, uh, I know some people say, well, you're, you're giving too much uh, human characteristic to an animal. I, I don't know. I've lived with these dogs for a long time now, and I can see that compassion that comes forth. Uh, in situations like this. Um, And uh, I happen to think my dogs are very intelligent and very human-like.
0: They are. Anyone that actually has a pet, sometimes dogs, sometimes cats, but they are very compassionate not only toward wild animals but strays or they adopt other breeds of critters. It could be a rodent, it could be a cat, duck, whatever. They just adopt things, and they're very compassionate this way.
3: Well, we were, uh, I can't say we've ever seen that deer again. Maybe we have. We've seen deer out in the woods, but I can't uh, say we've seen that particular one. Um, But I do know that uh, we did form a partnership with Wildlife Rescue League, which is a local wildlife rescue organization here in Fairfax, Virginia. And we're going to donate proceeds from the sale of Deer O' oh Deer to Wildlife Rescue League.
0: That is actually something I'm familiar with, because back in the 90s, my uncle rescued a deer and actually had to take it to them. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Your uncle is up. You guys lived up here in Northern Virginia. My
0: uncle, my uncle did for a while. Uh, he passed away unfortunately back in the mid '90s. But before mm-hmm. he did, he ended up rescuing a baby deer who was laying next to its mother, who had been hit by a car. <sighs> it's
3: heartbreaking.
0: So he did. He bottle-fed the deer, the baby for a few hours before he found where to take it to.
3: Well, they're a great local organization that offers classes on um, what to do when you find baby squirrels or birds or turtles or snakes or raccoons or deer. Uh, they are multi-species in their support. Yeah,
0: they are a wonderful, wonderful organization.
3: And hopefully, when well, not hopefully, when Deer O Deer is released later this month, we will be having a launch party at Peterson's Ice Cream in Clifton, Virginia, and Wildlife Rescue League will be a part of that. And sale from all all sales of the book proceeds will go to Wildlife Rescue League.
0: That is an awesome, excellent gesture on your behalf.
3: Well, I found that uh, giving back makes us better people and that through these two little stories that uh, we find that those we rescue really rescue us. And I mean that by saying, you know, I've, I've kind of found this niche in... Uh, writing some children's books that I'm thoroughly enjoying. And, you know, I'm moving away from my traditional corporate employment and looking towards uh, this children's book avenue. And, you know, I feel rejuvenated. I feel much better about myself. And I feel much better about having a purpose and a meaning in my life and what I'm doing. And uh, it's because of a few small animals that were in need and we decided to help. That is also
0: an awesome story. Personal game isn't as important as personal growth. And you found yourself in by your animals.
3: It's been a, it's been a very, very exciting trip. I've been able to have a number of interviews, uh, a number of book signings. Uh, Max and Tucker and I, and uh, have become registered therapy dog teams. And we go to libraries and schools assisted living facilities daycare services and we go and tell their story or we just go and visit and it's another part of my life that uh, has been enriched because of we found two small dogs somebody abandoned in the woods
0: that is wonderful now before we leave today where can you readers find you on social media?
3: You can find us at, on Facebook at Max and Tucker adventures. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Max underscore the letter N underscore Tucker. And you can find Lily and Lucy on Amazon and Barnes and Noble uh, and type in Lily and Lucy and my last name and the book will pop up.
0: And I look forward I so. to reading Hero Deer O'Dear and hearing more about Max and Tucker.
3: Well, this month, I promised myself this month it'll get out. So uh, uh, <laughs> it will be hitting the streets soon. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today, I really appreciate the opportunity to get across to your listeners the importance of rehoming their pets if if they can no longer care for them and, uh, and the importance of uh, rescuing those that we've rescued really rescue us and uh, giving back a little bit to society and, you know. Everybody in general.
0: And again, if you have to rehome a pet, look at your inner circle first before you take drastic measures and do something that maybe in your state is illegal. So again, Ed, thank you for being on the show today.
3: Thank you very much, and have a great day.